the Whitman Wire podcast, a weekly companion podcast for the Whitman Wire newspaper where we release news stories, deeper dives, and weekly news summaries. I'm Alea Bessie, the podcast editor. Today you will be hearing from both myself and Casey Moulton. On Monday, February 22nd, the Whitman student body received an email from President Murray with a deceptively vague subject line. A message to the Whitman community. The first line of that message read as follows. I am writing today to share news that I plan to retire from Whitman a year from this June, in 2022. I let the Board of Trustees leadership know of my decision last fall and shared the news with the Cabinet last month. As opinion editor Dana Walden highlighted in her March 11th column in The Wire, this announcement was both very short and very vague, spotlighting potential concerns about transparency that the student body has been continually concerned about in recent months, particularly in regard to the ongoing FSR process. But very vague extends beyond President Murray's emails to the Whitman community and to the post of president as a whole, leaving behind a key question. How is a college president hired, anyway? You're listening to the Whitman Wire podcast. I'm Casey Moulton. Today, I'll begin by describing the search process before diving into answers The Wire received from President Murray about her retirement. So, let's start with the obvious question. Who hires a college president? The short answer is that the Board of Trustees makes that decision, but it's equally as important to note that the whole board isn't involved in this process. Before the search committee is assembled, a small group of trustees with a faculty representative will likely interview and recommend a search consultant. With that consultant's advice on committee structure and the search process, the remaining members would be added. Again, This is all hypothetical at this point in time, as the board is yet to meet. Search committees in the past have been made up of trustees and representatives from the faculty, staff, and students. Chairwoman Sororier mentioned specifically that this is a moment in the college where shared governance is important. A variety of perspectives and experiences around the table is important. The last search committee was made up of 17 individuals, but that number could easily fluctuate this time around, as 17 was large compared to other searches. Regardless, the board will think carefully about the size of and representation on that committee. Let's jump back to the search consultants. This person is a third party who specializes in facilitating searches for executive positions, like college presidents. They draw on past connections to locate potential interested parties after gathering information from stakeholders, people uniquely impacted by whoever is hired. In the case of college presidents, stakeholders include students, faculty, staff, alumni, and members of the community the college is located in. All those parties have something to gain or potentially lose from the hiring. The search consultant, after hearing from a variety of different perspectives, will share their findings with both the board and the search committee to explain where the community is. These findings will be compiled into a single document, a prospectus, 
A prospectus is defined by Oxford English Dictionary is a statement of proposed aims or objectives, especially a document setting out the details of a suggested enterprise, forthcoming publication, etc., circulated for the purpose of obtaining support or subscriptions. Also, a document setting out details of a share issue in which members of the public are invited to invest. In the case of a college president, both pieces of this definition are key. The prospectus guides the search process, explaining the aim of the search, and will provide key details about the community's preferences while also describing an issue in which the public will be required to invest. What's written in this document matters, as it needs to capture both the realities and the challenges of the college. The next president needs to want to tackle the college as it currently is. This prospectus, once complete, goes out to the public, and anyone can apply to be the next president. But it's important to note that the search consultant already knows who may be potentially interested in the position. That includes people currently holding leadership positions at educational institutions, like provosts and deans, as well as non-traditional candidates or folks outside of higher education. The prospectus will help to shape who the president should be and define some of the roles that other upper-level administrators should have. In addition to writing the prospectus, the search consultant will also handle reference checks for interested candidates. That includes verifying the references that the candidate provides in addition to reaching out to people who have worked with the interested party in the past. That could include people who didn't work directly with or report to the candidate but still worked alongside them. It's important that these reference checks be thorough. Besides verifying references, the search consultant will run safety checks, background checks, DMV checks, and even credit checks. Nothing goes untouched in this process. The search committee needs to gain a solid understanding of a candidate's skills, judgment, and emotional intelligence so they can best understand how they might tackle tomorrow's challenges. Those are some of the duties that both the search consultant and committee will undertake, but it's important to talk specifically about the types of searches. In this case, that's confidential versus open. Almost every search for a college president is confidential. That means the names of the candidates are not available to anyone outside of the search committee, which includes members of the board of trustees that aren't on the search committee. Searches tend to be confidential for a couple of reasons. First, a candidate who already has a job, either in or outside of higher education, may not want the people around them to know they are looking into other job opportunities, or for it to be publicly shared that they didn't get the job. Second, open searches tend to result in a smaller pool of candidates compared to confidential ones. Folks on the committee of a confidential search aren't allowed to talk about the candidates that have applied for the position or share details, even vague ones, about who has applied. President Murray was hired through a confidential search, a move that was controversial at the time. Chairwoman Sororier made it clear in our conversation that should the search for Whitman's next president be confidential, of which there is a high likelihood, the campus will need to understand why confidentiality matters and that it isn't to keep people out. It's my personal hope that we will see the process of hiring, 
especially the confidentiality piece, thoroughly explained to the student body. On the topic of desired qualities for the next president, this was an area that, again, was a little too early to call. As the board has yet to meet and the search process is yet to formally begin, this was another area where my conversation with Chairwoman Servurier stayed relatively general. However, not looking over your shoulder, looking forward, was emphasized as a quality that will be key to the next president's success. As we've said time and time again over the past year, these are unprecedented times, and emergency management during a pandemic was certainly not a skill key to a college president's resume until now. Another key question I had for Chairwoman Sarurier was the timeline, as President Murray's retirement plans have significantly accelerated. There isn't a concrete answer when it comes to how long a search will last, a process that may be further complicated by COVID. Regardless, everything I've described so far, assembling a search committee, hiring a search consultant, gathering information to write and distribute a prospectus, happens over a couple of months. After the initial application period closes, there will be a paper review. Then the search committee will make recommendations before beginning a series of interviews. Up to three rounds of interviews may occur, with the pool of remaining candidates getting narrower each time. The last time a presidential search began was in early spring, and President Murray was hired that November. That's faster than the average, and searches don't tend to be that quick. President Murray's plans to retire early do not impact the timeline of the search process and are not a concern, at least for Chairwoman Sarurier. This process begins about 18 months before the current president retires, so the board would be working with the same timeline had President Murray's plans to retire not changed. Remember, this is just a general description of how searches have worked in the past. There's absolutely no way to know what the search process will look like this time around. Although Chairwoman Sororier is, quote, hoping and praying that we will be in a different relationship with COVID by the time interviews need to begin. I'd like to thank Chairwoman Sororier for explaining the process of hiring a new president. It's my firm belief that making details like these accessible provides both accountability and transparency to a process that can appear shady or otherwise occur entirely behind closed doors. That's what the search process will look like, which helps to answer the how question, but we're still left with the why. The best place to get these answers is from the source. And although President Murray was unable to sit down for an interview this week, she did respond to five questions in an email to The Wire. Next, I'm going to go through the answers to those questions. Question one, I understand that the pandemic has served as a personal turning point, but were there any other factors that led to your decision to retire early? President Murray, I had anticipated the need to make reductions in our operating budget over the course of my second five years at the college in preparation for the changing demographics among college-going students but the pandemic forced us to accelerate the timeline on those changes. With the financial decisions now made, we will be able to implement them over the course of next year. And I think that will be a good time for a new president to join the community. Question two, 
in what state would you like to leave the college, especially in regards to the FSR for the future president? President Murray. I believe our FSR work will put the college in a much more sustainable financial footing, allowing the new president to focus on other opportunities. Question three, what do you want to get done before you leave Whitman? President Murray. I am looking forward to pivoting our work toward developing innovative new programs at the college that will help to drive enrollment in exciting ways. I will also be working to raise as much money as possible to support our strategic priorities, particularly scholarships and financial aid. Question four, what is an accomplishment you are most proud of from your time at Whitman? President Murray responded, I am most proud of the significant increase in funding we have been able to provide for financial aid. We were able to do that because of the generosity of donors who love Whitman and because of important financial decisions made by the leadership of the college. Question five, what are some traits you would like to see in the president that will follow you? President Murray, I don't think it is my role to speculate about the next president. That will be up to the board of trustees in the Whitman community. This particular response follows what Chairwoman Sororier told me about who handles the search process. The current president might not even be included on the search committee. Regardless, the ability to think long-term and a willingness to tackle controversy will be essential traits for the next president. So, the hiring of a college president is a duty that the Board of Trustees is uniquely responsible for, but the whole board isn't involved. Duties are delegated to faculty, staff, students, and perhaps most importantly, to an outside search consultant. Over a number of months, these groups will work to locate, interview, and investigate interested parties in a search process that will probably be if the last time around is any indication, confidential. To explore more perspectives, we had a brief email exchange with Professor Johnson from the Japanese department. In the document President Murray shared to students and faculty on February 2nd, titled Financial Sustainability Review, Academic Subcommittee Draft Recommendations, the language department faced potentially adverse changes with the elimination of the language assistant program standing course releases for faculty and compensation for faculty overloads. The Wire reached out to Professor Johnson about the ostensible timeliness of President Murray's departure. Understandably, Professor Johnson first seemed hesitant to speak on the issue, since discourse surrounding the FSR could have repercussions on the departments facing major cuts. But she did respond to some more general questions about President Murray's departure. We asked, how does a change in college president impact faculty members? Is there a tangible shift in culture or does business as usual continue? Do you worry about the future of a small program like Japanese with a major change in administration? We have seen the status of small programs become a point of contention recently, and we would imagine that many of those concerns have the potential to be long lasting. In response, Professor Johnson comments on her experience with changes to the college and her long-lasting commitment to students and their development during their time at Whitman. She said, I don't have much to tell you. I am a contract instructor who accepts a peripheral position to fulfill specific needs of the Japanese department. I am grateful to be a part in stabilizing and strengthening the department. 
but my primary focus is students, their day-to-day learning experiences and growth as human beings. I've been here for 16 years and I have seen the ebb and flow of politics of college, so I try not to be caught in it personally, though I am impressed and proud of the students' involvement and enthusiasm. I hope whatever the experience you receive from this will help you define who you are and whom you will become. From Professor Johnson's response, it seems clear that the college politics are not always easy to maneuver and sometimes there is no clear course of action. All we can hope is that the college puts its students and best interests first. I don't think that we're really any closer to understanding why now was the time for President Murray to retire. But we do know that she has plans for the rest of her term that she hopes will place the college in a promising position for the next president. This is not The Wire's first reporting on President Murray's retirement, and it certainly won't be the last. I'd like to thank Talara McCulloch and Human Resources for putting me in contact with Chairwoman Sororier. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Whitman Wire podcast. And Mia and I will be back next week to discuss Saturday campus tours for admitted students.